Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello, everybody. We are back. This is Hannah Leiter, your host of GFK's Insights Podcast, Thinking Ahead. I hope that everyone is having a good day today, whether it's cold or hot or whether you're listening to this day or night. Today, we are going to be shifting gears, pun completely intended, from the last few episodes. We have been deep into trends lately. We've talked about health and wellness, influencers, e-commerce, but today we're going to be taking a look at the automotive industry, specifically the tires on your car. Yes, there is data specifically for those tires. Joining me today is Neil Portnoy, Managing Director of GFK Retail Tires Panel, and Dave Stevens, Vice President of POS Tracking Tires at GFK. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. Yeah, it's great to have you guys. And we were just having conversation before we hit record, but it sounds like everyone's having a nice sunny day and it's finally heating up for everybody. Fingers crossed. Looking forward to it. Let's just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Absolutely. So before we start off with any of the questions, I'd love for one of you guys to just give us a quick explanation on what the POS tire panel is exactly and why it's such a valuable data set. Sure. I'll I'll feel that softball. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, the GFK tire panel is, is really a measurement tool for the tire specialist channel. Uh, we've collected and we are collecting either daily or weekly uh, data from a few thousand independent tire dealers. They provide us their point of sale data from their uh, POS provider, and we clean, we code, we aggregate, we project, and we report what is happening in the in the independent tire channel or the tire specialist channel. Uh, and we look for for trends in terms of you know brands or attributes or pricing to help both retailers and manufacturers make more informed business decisions. Okay, great. Well, let's get right into it. So I know this is the Thinking Ahead podcast, but I think it's good to start thinking backward first. Everyone is probably tired of me saying this on the podcast, but it's been a very interesting last year that we've had. And I think it's important to get the backstory for any topic that we have on that. So can you give me a quick timeline of the past year and the kinds of changes that you saw specifically in tires data? No, over the past year, we've seen a bunch of different changes. I mean, it's been versus 2019, sales were down, units were down. Um, uh, the one interesting thing, and, and can't really say this is a surprise, but it was good to see that prices did increase. So they, they were getting more bang for the buck, so to speak, in the, t- in the tired units that were moved. Um, we did see some shifting in terms of brand preferences, um, specifically thinking about Tier 1, Tier 4. Uh, so those types of changes, those types of uh, focal points in the data were, were interesting elements to, to note throughout the year and will be interesting to continue to track as we go forward. When you say Tier 1 or Tier 2, uh, what do you mean by that? So we tend to work right now with, in general, with a a group of tiers defined by a modern tire dealer. What we're thinking about are the opening good, better, best price points, 
or the most recognizable names in the tire space, the likes of Michelin, Bridgestone, and Goodyear tend to be tier one, um, and brand perception tiers. So that, that's what we're thinking about with respect to tiers, uh, where over the course of 2020, we did see stability in tier four in, in the lesser known, the more imported brands where the likes of the Michelin, Bridgestone, Goodyear, that tier one and the like brand, they tended to, they declined much more early on and are starting to return back to where they were back in 2019. Do you think that has to do with, I'm just thinking with tier four, does that have anything to do with, of course, people had a big movement during the pandemic to buy local and things like that? Would that have anything to do with it? I think there were a number of different factors in focusing on tier four. Uh, we know that competitors within the or to the tire specialist channel uh, were did not have the same availability. Uh, for example, Walmart locations uh, tended their tire facilities, tire centers were closed for a period of time. Uh, we tend to think that the Walmart customer is really price sensitive, hence more likely to be a tier four customer. Uh, so that that piece of that piece of information certainly impacted how sales uh, or how tier four performed. Um, the buy local, I'm I'm not so sure that that really impacted. I think it was more there they needed tires at a certain time and certain places where they didn't have the availability. I think another potential impact uh, of of what Dave was talking about was the pandemic. I mean, it's been about a year since we've been living through this pandemic. Um, about a year ago, we learned that a lot of the global uh, factories were shut down. So, um, you know, and and it caused, you know, major disruption in the supply chain. So, you know, when people wanted to, to buy tires, when those essential workers went into tire shops to buy tires, they might have been at the mercy of buying what was in stock. Right. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we can't quantify it, but it feels like, you know, talking to a lot of tire dealers and, and other industry experts, it seems that that was driving some of this shift in um, in the tier four sales. So now we know a little bit about what the data says and kind of a little bit of what consumers might have been thinking when they're going out. But how did tire manufacturers or retail brands specifically react when the pandemic was starting to set in, in terms of their strategy to keep their consumers or to keep things on the shelves, as you just mentioned? Well, that that's a really interesting question. Uh, we know that from the dealer perspective, they had to learn how to do contactless uh, uh, commerce, right? You know, how do they keep their shops clean and safe? How do they keep their employees clean and safe? And uh, and how do they do business in this environment? It wasn't just a matter of do they have tires, but how do they do business? You know, if you go back, you know, to last year, everybody was waiting for guidance from the government on on if you were going to be open, how would you be able to do business, and for for how long will those guidelines be in effect? So everybody was trying to figure stuff out. But at the end of the day, you know, um, people still needed to put tires on their cars. If you were an essential worker or you were driving a van for Amazon, you still had to log miles. So there was a lot of 
there were a lot of things that were going on all at once that everybody seemed to try and figure out. And I think the good news is when we look at the data, um, you know, early on in the pandemic, we saw sales down some weeks versus the same week the previous year, down 40 or 50%. So I think one of the things that Dave and I were talking about was that how, how quickly the market has recovered, which is certainly good news for all of the dealers out there and for the manufacturers as well. Were there any big surprises? I mean, you've 40% down, that's a lot. But were there any really big surprises of how the market went right when everything happened or as things started to bounce back? No, I think that 40% decline was probably, well, well maybe not a, an absolute shock given the scenario that, ever, that, that everybody faced. It was, it, it was steep. That was a very steep decline. When it comes to surprises, the fact that the uh, when, when the was it the PPE loans is that how they define them or PPP um, that particular stimulus certainly impacted the rest of the market uh, rather quickly so we did see a recovery back to to more manageable declines r- rather quickly and I think the the steep drop followed relatively quickly by the steep uh, steep increase the the the, the rise uh, was was somewhat surprising and very good to see. Um, then over the course of the year, we did still like we did maintain double digit, double digit level declines uh, throughout the year. So that was again not really a surprise, but just something to establish a new baseline uh, going forward into into this coming year, twenty twenty one. You know, and, and just you know one point to follow up on what Dave said. You know, when you think about a thirty or forty percent decline in the tire industry. Traditionally, the tire industry is very stable. You, you don't see shifts, you know, one or two or three points, you know, a month, you know, versus the same time period the previous year. It is really stable. So, so when you see a decline like that, there it is a big shock to to the system, and and everybody had to figure out, you know, whether you're a retailer or a manufacturer, you know, how to deal with that. And and at that's at that point in time, you know, nobody knew whether the next month or next quarter would be down forty percent. 50% again, right? So everybody was very eager, at least that the retailers on our panel and our clients, to look at our weekly data to, to, to get some kind of benchmark as to what was really happening in the marketplace. Yeah, that is a really good point because, of course, if you need new tires, you need new tires. So you could consider it an essential item, but I suppose it's one that consumers felt they could skip a purchase versus toilet paper, which people did not feel that they could skip a purchase. Yes, yes. Good point. <laughs> but 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 the other thing that was happening, you know, everybody, you know, so many, you know, white collar people working from home. So miles driven, which is a key, you know, metric for when tires will be replaced, also dropped dramatically. So um, so there were a lot of factors, you know, working against the tire industry, but, you know, again, being deemed quote unquote essential very early on in the pandemic and the dealers being able to open their shops, they're, they're like I said earlier, seems to be a, 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 a pretty fast recovery from that initial decline of 40%, down 40%. What type of adaption did you all who are creating this panel and wanting all this really high quality data, what type of adaptions did you have to make given the nature of the year to make sure you were still getting the type of data that your clients needed? Well, unlike a lot of un- other industries, you know, our tire deals remained open. So we were, we we consistently got all of our data in, which was good news. 
But what we were reporting, you know, previous to the pandemic was was a uh, a cadence of monthly. And during this pandemic, we recognized that monthly reporting was not fast nor frequent enough. So, you know, under Dave's leadership, uh, he created what we called a weekly COVID-19 tracker. So we could see and report what happened in the marketplace the previous week. And this was very well received by by our clients and all of the um, you know retailers on our panel, everybody needed a benchmark of what was happening in the marketplace. So if you were a retailer, you know, and you were down thirty or forty percent, you might make um, some business decisions that were very different from when you got our data and said, well, look, we're down 30%, but the market's down 40%. It's not us, it's the marketplace, right? Let's let's sit back and take a deep breath and see what the GFK data says over the next few weeks before we take you know drastic steps. And we think that that was one of the most important and valuable things that we did um, during the pandemic for this past year. And we continue to report it today. Well, this brings me to the all-encompassing question of the universe, which is why. So now we know why it was all important during the pandemic, but of course now we're going into hopefully a year where things start to get back to normal. Why is all of this important now and why is it important to continue tracking and looking at this data as we move forward? The reason I see it as being most valuable is you're, you're resetting benchmarks. So we know what 2018 was. We know what 2019 was. Uh, 2020 was a unique and special year uh, for, for a variety of reasons, one in particular. So now seeing what happens in 2021, do we, do, do we look and do we compare it more favorably against 2019? Uh, it's going to look very positive relative to 2020. I think we all expect that. We think that if we think back to what happened in early 2020, um, we've put together some information that shows that Q1 and Q2 of 2020 were the worst two quarters of tire unit sales that we have seen since we started our panel in 2017. 2017. So the, the, in terms of overall volume, they were the lowest two volume uh, quarters uh, uh, that, that we had experienced. Well, we're expecting 2021 will be an improvement from that. But how close do we get back to 2019 will be something we want to pay attention to. We want to pay attention to concepts of velocity. Hey, how fast are certain tires moving? Uh, and seeing our, is it a, is it a, well, we know there's a lot of skew proliferation, but is it specific products that are moving more frequently or is it a proliferation? Is it new products that have entered the market that are starting to sell more uh, on a sales per shop basis? Just looking at those types of metrics will help the industry understand where it was, where it is, and where it's going. You know, I would also, you know, say that the tire industry is in constant change. I mean, just last week, we saw that Goodyear was buying Cooper. That was a big retail uh, movement with with Mavis being purchased by a private equity firm. We see retail consolidation happening. Uh, Every day we read about, you know, price changes and other things happening within the marketplace. Um, but what GFK does at the end of the day is we say, yeah, all this stuff is happening in the marketplace, but what's really happening at sellout, right? Let, let's get down to where, you know, quote unquote, the rubber reached the road. And what is the effect of all these things that are happening in the marketplace? What does it mean to, to sell out? And GFK reports that sellout on a, on a, on a monthly national basis to, 
to report, you know, hey, what, what is the effect of all this stuff? In 2020, we were reporting what is the effect of COVID-19. And now we're, we're going to continue to report on the effect of all these other changes that are happening in the marketplace. So more specifically now, when you look at just the approach of gathering the data in itself, because of course, we are changing a lot of ways that we do things now in terms of our life and work. So uh, are we seeing changes in how the tires industry is specifically approaching the data? That's a very good question. You may have stumped us here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's definitely an interest now. And, and what, what Neil mentioned early on with the idea of the, the weekly leader panel, the understanding that the, the, the increased frequency, seeing this information, this actual consumer sellout information on a more frequent basis to better understand the week-to-week trends and the, the trend versus the same time period year ago, understanding that type of information um it's it's gaining interest for sure we see it with the with our with the our in, our increased client base uh, the increased client interactions we've had several retailers uh join the panel or express interest in joining the panel and and those gains uh, are attributed to the fact that we're able to deliver these benchmarks this information for uh, on a leader panel basis which is well, which is just much faster at this point um, we're able to share that with them so that they can look and anticipate and understand what's going on in the overall market so they can make changes as they see fit within their own organizations um, as the as our frequency internally uh, for the extrapolated data set the full market view uh, that represents the entire uh, tire specialist channel, that independent tire dealer channel, uh, when that comes to a weekly frequency, I think it's going to be it's going to be a big shift for the industry. And they're going to see they're going to be able to track it more closely with different promotions and the like. So that element will really make this data that much more valuable and, and be interesting to see how it gets applied. Uh, across the business. You know, we are trying our best to follow the, you know, the CPG model where the syndicated data that, that we have here at GFK for the tires category is, you know, it sits right in the middle between retailers and manufacturers, right? And the GFK data is the quote unquote common currency of what is happening in the marketplace, right? So when when a retailer sits down with a manufacturer and they're and they're talking about, you know, growing their businesses, they can all begin the conversation from a common point of view of what is happening in the marketplace, right? What's happening with 18, 19, 20 inch rim diameter? What what are the shifts between tiers, right? So they don't have to, you know, create this, this, um, this vision, right? And have everybody make it up on their own. GFK has created it and we want and believe everybody should be looking at it. Now, we, we're never going to say our data is perfect. You know, it's up to the retailers and manufacturers to interpret the data and analyze the data and come to their own conclusions. But we do believe that this data set should be and is becoming more of the, the gold standard in, in the tire industry where more and more players are looking at it and do have that common understanding of what's happening in the marketplace. And, and Hannah, I'll just say, Neil mentioned CPG. It brought to get, it brought to mind an example of something I saw just this weekend, where uh, the bubbly brand of sparkling water has introduced a caffeinated version um, of sparkling water, which to me is right away thought it's it, it, it 
made me think of our data and what we want it to be for the tire industry. The Pepsi Corporation, I think it's Pepsi that owns the bubbly brand, they put out sparkling water because they were seeing the category growth in sparkling water based on brand, brands like LaCroix and different uh, and other private label brands. So Pepsi decided to get into the market with this bubbly brand. That same sort of analysis, that same sort of understanding sellout and trying to think about how to grow the category brought them to the point of introducing this new caffeinated sparkling water. At least that's what I believe to be the case. And now it's getting mass marketed with a 30 second slot at some random time whenever I was watching TV this weekend. So it's that's where we want this data to get in the tire industry, become uh, frequent enough, granular enough to help manufacturers make decisions that can support growing the category within retail. That's and then that way, the entire industry continues to grow and 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 growth where growth is defined by more dollars. You know, before we move, you know, away from this CPG topic, which is really interesting. You know, Dave has a CPG background, and over the last few years, we've seen more um, executives come into the tire industry from the uh, CPG industry. And so they're used to using syndicated data. They see the value in the syndicated data. Uh, and when we, you know, when we uncover people like that in, in our clients or, or retailers, well, you know, we, we know that we're talking the same language and we don't. You know, we don't have to explain what we do. We can just get get down to well. Let's let's start analyzing this data for the betterment of of the client, and um, and I think we're going to see more of that in the future. Well, looking towards that future, what changes in the market do you think, in terms of the tires industry specifically? were a short-term change because of the past year and which do you think are going to be these long-term shifts the short-term effect the short-term implications of some of the data that we've been tracking um, for me were the growth in tier four share Um, understanding that those those imported brands and those imported brands in particular, that they they grew as much as they did. And as a matter of fact, I should rephrase that, they did not grow. And that was a really interesting point for, for me when analyzing, uh, analyzing the data from this year, is that tier four sales did not grow. They were just extremely stable. And they stay, and, and, and I think they will continue uh, within that, with that trend of stability in the in the quarters to come, where we see more growth in the other tiers or, or shifts in the other tiers, so that share growth of tier four, I think, is a short term uh, short term had a short term impact that will be back to normal here very soon. You know, we we hear from from dealers uh, about you know you know poor fill rates for manufacturers and. Uh, you know, and back orders and, you know, and I think, and that existed, you know, pre-pandemic, I think it got, uh, um, you know, taken to a much higher level during the pandemic. And, and our hope long-term is that, that that the manufacturers recognize that they need to do a better job of, of supporting their dealers with the right uh, products and the right sizes, the right 
price at the right location and begin, more of them begin to not only use GFK data, but other data sets to meet that that challenge. Um, and I think that that ties directly into, you know, more folks coming in from the CPG space because that's the world that they come from, right? So if there's a data set out there and there's a problem, why don't we apply the data set to the problem to see if we can improve fill rates, reduce back orders, and better serve our clients? And by the way, probably make more money uh, in the process. Right. Are there a lot of retailers that are already heading into that kind of shift of using the data in that way strategically? Yeah. Uh, some of the bigger retailers that we've added to our panel just this past year, you know, are practicing category management. They've got the CPG model and they're, and they're trying to implement it. And when some of these big retailers were, were introduced to GFK, they instantly recognize that, wow, if we're going to you know, practice category management, we need to understand what's happening in the rest of market. And GFK has that data. We should partner with them. And that was one of the interesting things that happened to us last year, especially with this weekly, um, you know, COVID-19 tracker. We've had literally hundreds, added hundreds of doors, maybe more, more maybe more than a thousand doors to our retail panel of, of tire dealers that said, wow, I need to understand what's happening, you know, in the rest of market. I can't just rely on what's happening within my four walls. And that was that was welcome for, for GFK. You know, that was the message we've been, you know, taking to the industry for the last five years. And it seems like the pandemic reinforced that message and, and a lot of people took action. What about manufacturers? Uh do you know of any plans of how they're going to approach the whole producing part of tires to make sure they're not overproducing or underproducing where people head to a different brand? I think they're taking steps right now to better analyze the data in order to improve their fill rates. Uh, one of the elements that manufacturers have to manage so much more, or it feels different in the tire space than in other than other CPG, for example, uh, categories, is tire manufacturers are managing the original equipment automobile manufacturers. So if if Ford, GM, I'm based in the Detroit area, so I'll use those three, Ford, GM, and, and, and Fiat Chrysler uh, as examples. If they want specific elements to be if they're looking for specific criteria in a tire for a new vehicle, uh, the tire manufacturers are going to make efforts to, every effort they can to produce a tire with those exact specifications. As a result of those exact specifications, there's a lot more proliferation out there. So the manufacturer, the tire manufacturers have to allocate their production time and space uh, to fulfilling the orders for these for these specific vehicles but also knowing that vehicles on the road need their tires replaced so they they are in a very interesting spot with respect to understand or, or, or assigning their production their production lines knowing that there are that what tires are selling out i was going to say also say that there's vehicles and operation data that's available from other market research vendors when you compare that to sell out um, and, and, and kind of try to find the intersection of those two points. What are consumers interested in from a, from a, features, uh, a, a features and attributes of a tire standpoint and price point standpoint, which is something that our data can really, can really provide? Um, where's the intersection of that with the likely replacement cycle of a, particular, of a particular vehicle, given its age, given the miles that it's driving, given its purpose, et cetera? That is, where, that, that is the struggle that 
that manufacturers have, but now they have that second piece. They can get that pricing, that consumer interest as as provided directly from sellout. There, there's a proof. Proof is in the pudding, so to speak, where they they have that consumers vote with their with their wallets, and they can know what what where they pulled out, where the consumer pulled out a credit card to make a purchase. So now with the vehicles on the road and now this sellout, I think manufacturers have more tools in their tool chest to be more effective and uh, more effect and, and and be better in fill rates. Thinking ahead, what is one big change or shift that you personally will be looking for in the industry in the next three to five years? What, I, what I'm looking for and, and hoping for is, is, is more data being exchanged and shared between tire dealers and, and manufacturers. When we started this panel five years ago, it was a challenge just to get the tire dealers to share their data with GFK, right? Um, it took us three years to get a thousand shops, and, and over the last couple of years, we've we've tripled that number. So there are more dealers that are that are out there that are looking at data and, and are getting uh, more sophisticated in using data. And you got the manufacturers on the other side who are also using data and getting more sophisticated. But there there's data sets that that both you know, the manufacturing and retail should be using together cooperatively to make better business decisions. And and we're beginning to see some of this happen now with some of our big regional and, and national retailers who are more open to sharing more information with, with their strategic partners. So from my perspective, you know, when, when we think about the GFK retail panel over a long period of time, you know, we, we started with a thousand shops, we've got you know, north of 3,000 shops. We used to report data monthly and national, and now we're preparing to deliver data weekly and regional. So we're making all these strides. So my hope is that we'll be, you know, the tire industry will be more data-driven, more fact-based. There'll be more sharing of not only point-of-sale data, but but tire dealers have other data sets, as do manufacturers, that could help help tire dealers uh, compete and win in the marketplace. So that's one of the things that, that I'm looking forward to and uh, we'll be hopeful that, that us at GFK can can drive some of those changes. Yeah, and for me, I, I feel like the, the the data element is going to be fascinating, and I want to see the I want to see the trends in data because for me, um, it's it's a broader automotive question. The idea of fleets becoming more and more important. You see the Amazon delivery vans, Amazon's delivery services for the last mile deliveries are becoming more and more important, and, and you saw how critical they were during the pandemic. Um, you're gonna, you, you know, FedEx and, and UPS have, have their vehicles as well as USPS. So that that last mile delivery is really important. But then you get to the point of, of an Uber or a Lyft, and what are they going to do with respect to to their vehicles? What happens with vehicle ownership? Does it shift from one particular one car per household? Whereas here in the U.S., there's a lot of multi-car households. Um, do you have a, do you go to one car household and use some of these other fleet services as your second vehicle? And then what impact does that have on 
a tire dealer, on a tire manufacturer. Um, there may be fewer vehicles made, but they'll need more tire replacements. So that helps them. That could help both the manufacturer and the dealer. And how does the dealer take advantage of that to generate revenue and grow their business? So that that's a shift that, that, that I see coming that will be very, very interesting to, to, to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Great answers, both of you. So before I let you go, I want to ask you both one more question, and that is, as an expert in POS data, what is your best advice for someone who is currently working to use it to the best of their ability? Don't be afraid of the data, right? You know, you might not get it at the beginning, but but stick with it. You know, use the, not only the GFK data, but, but your own data. There's so much value there. There's so much insight within, uh, within your own data sets. And if you don't have the skill set, hire somebody who has it because um, it, it's such a an untapped asset within within your organization that when you begin to tap into that, it will begin to answer you know a lot of questions for you, and it also becomes the measurement tool for how your business is doing. So my advice, especially to tire deals, is you know don't be afraid of it. You know embrace it, use it. Um, and um, and I, if you do that, I think over time you will get significant value out of that investment in your time and energy. Yeah, I think that is that is great advice um, because it's kind of dovetails what I think is valuable, and that is a lot of the tire dealers that we talk to have this understanding of the marketplace that that we in in the data world do not have. The 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 layperson just driving a vehicle does not understand everything that that happens in the tire business. Um, tire dealers, uh, part of the, I sometimes think are concerned about the data because it, it's the implication is that they have to disregard their own industry experience. And that's not at all the case. I think combining the great experience that a lot of tire dealers and people across the tire industry have. There's a lot of people who have been in the tire business for a very long time. And, and I believe there's a, there's a joke out there that once you get into the tire business, you never leave. Um, there's a lot of people with a lot of great experience out there. Don't disregard your experience, but use this data to help supplement that experience to help build your case for why you think something should be done and and it like we've said it may not be perfect but it absolutely can help you build that case and and build strength in your business grow your revenue over time right you guys are great at pointing out how valuable data sets are that is for sure well, thank you guys both for lending your, us your insight for us today. And if you are listening and you want more information about the POS Tire Panel, or if you want to get in touch with Neil or Dave, I'm going to leave some information for you in the description so you can take a look there. Thank you both again. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on the latest insights. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.